You're listening to the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 73 of the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm joined this week by Chris and Kaz. First of all, Chris, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, Craig. Bit, bit of a cold. I'm blaming it on the weather in Bristol, but I'll suffer on. It's that time of the year, isn't it? Uh, Kaz, it is. how are you? You got a cold? No, I'm perfectly fine. I was in the VIP bit in uh, Bristol, so <laughs> I'm all well. Well, they have heaters in that bit of VIP bit. I'm assuming so. No, we were still outside, but you know. Well, that's all right then. I, I was surrounded by loving people. Loving people. That's nice. Well. <laughs> This is the season for goodwill. <laughs> Let's start with the news this week. I'm then. surrounded uh, by Emily. <laughs> oh, that's a bit harsh. Christmas is going to have Chris is going to have a very non-merry Christmas now. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be you're going to get your cold's going to be worse, Chris. You're going to be on the streets soon. <laughs> He's gone now. <laughs> Emily's probably killed him. We might we might see Chris back next week or in a bit. We'll see, see, see if he comes back. I'll read the news while we wait for him. Uh, Brianna Vasali has been ruled out till the new year following minor <laughs> surgery. Hello, yeah. Chris is gone. back. He survived. He survived the ordeal. Um, the Blues midfielder Bree um, last featured in the side's three 0 defeat to Brighton and Hove Albion last month. Uh, according to our sources, both Keris Harrop and Sarah Mailing will also be out of action till at least January as well. Kaz, it's not ideal for these players to be out, but it seems like everyone's rising to the occasion and trying to fill the gap um, and bide time until they come back. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think uh, obviously being hit by injuries isn't the greatest thing, is it, uh, with the small squad that we've got. But I definitely think the players that have came in, especially Lily Simkin, has been fantastic. So I don't think you can... They've been given 100%. We've won, what is it, two games now. So, you know, hopefully the third will come tomorrow. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, in lighter news, Birmingham City's men's account is promoting Christmas content throughout the month, which includes the women's side. So far, Marta Tejador's side has featured on days two, four, eight and ten so far in this festive season. Chris, it's good to see the club um, promoting both clubs on the. Well, it's not. It is. It's technically the main account, I guess, but it's the account with more followers, I guess. And it's good to see that they're promoting uh, that one club EFAS again. Yeah, I think you know, we, we said this. Um, they did a similar thing last season, didn't they? And um, and obviously with the with the joint player awards as well that went on in May. Um, you know, it's good to see that. You know, it's becoming it's becoming a normality, if you like, that the women are involved with the same things that the men are involved in. So, um, yeah, it's good to see, and and obviously we've got some we've got some really good characters in that squad who are who are coming across well on camera as well. Absolutely. We begin this week then by looking back at Wednesday or last Wednesday's rather 1-1 draw with Tottenham Hotspur. Scotland international Abby Grant scored her first goal for the Blues in this one. A lovely header over the top of keeper Becky Spencer. Lucy Stanley fourth delivered a delightful ball in for Grant to head into the back of the net. 
It's great to see her finally get off the mark, Kaz. And as we saw at Bristol later in the week, she's full of confidence now. The first goal's finally arrived. Yeah, I think I've been chewing on all season, haven't I, saying basically once she gets the first goal, we'll probably see more. Um, both games, she's been fantastic. I think she's been probably one of our consistent players of the season so far. Uh, and I think many more goals to come as well. And I'll be bearing in mind she's a midfielder. Yeah, absolutely. She's doing a great job right now. She's been working hard and it's finally paid off getting her first couple of goals this week. Uh, Kit Graham, someone we highlighted last week, scored the equaliser late on for Spurs. She turned in Gemma Davison's free kick at the far post to rescue them a point. We had a few nervy moments in this game, especially in the first half. Harriet Scott lost the ball midway through the own half. Rihanna Dean then intercepted the ball and despite being free one-on-one, somehow lofted her effort wide of the post. But all in all, I thought Blues looked competitive against a side that, despite being newly promoted, looked to have found their feet in the WSL and should be comfortably mid-table by the end of the season. Uh, Rachel Williams made her first start since early November to Chris. She's a player that might not always score, but her work rate really brings out the best in those around her. Yeah, and she's that focal point up top as well. And when she's not playing, you really notice it. Um, you know, there seems to be a big gap, um, you know, in terms of a player who can hold the ball up and bring it, bring other players in on into the game. And I thought she did that really well against Spurs. Obviously, you know, she she puts herself about, you know, exactly what you're getting with Rachel. Um, you know, and unfortunately, um, you know, that, the fact that she hadn't played for quite a while with the injury, um, you know, meant she had to go off. And it was at, at the worst possible time as well. I'm pretty sure she came off right as we conceded the goal as well, if I remember rightly. So it was that, you know, the disappointment of conceding the equaliser matched with the disappointment of, of having to having to lose Rachel at the same time, you know, really, really put a downer on on that second half as it was. But as you say, they kept going and they got themselves a point, um, you know, which, you know, keep points, ticking the points over, ticking the board over, um, you know, accumulating results. It builds confidence and, and that's what they did on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. And Kaz, uh, she might not be in the team currently due to injury, but you could hear Kaz throughout the whole game cheering on the team and trying to... Um, tactically make sure Birmingham are sound and it proved, proved well and we got the point. Um, yeah, she did the same on um, Sunday as well against Bristol. She was at the touchline um, giving the lasses encouragement as well. We just thought it was funny because at one point in the uh, the Spurs game, somebody had to hold her back because it looked like as she was shouting instructions, it looked like she was actually going to go over the edge. So, yeah, I think Kesmiss is playing... Yeah, certainly. She's not someone who misses that many games and it's obviously not uh, good. To see. We've been in a tough uh, bit of form, so to know that she can't do much about it is hard for her, but she's obviously helping in any way she can. Uh, fresh, fresh off the back of that first draw of the season, we travelled to Bristol City, hoping to pull ourselves away from the relegation zone. It was a crucial game against a side that is also struggling near the bottom of the table and a side that got smashed by Arsenal just a week before. In recent months, we've been accused of starting games too slowly, but that wasn't the case on Sunday. Lucy Whip, one of Blue's summer signings, scored the opener after just five minutes on the clock. It was a first for the club, and it was a delightful curling effort into the top corner. We've seen Lucy work hard in whatever role she's been given so far this season, Chris, 
but the quality of the finish is perhaps something we weren't expecting. But I'm delighted she's got that in her locker. Yeah, I think um, I think it's been a difficult start for Lucy. You know, coming into coming into the side, you know, playing a, a variety of different positions, and then um, you know, had a couple of games where she wasn't in the first eleven and, and things like that. But um, you know, I was I was surprised to see her in midfield. I think the first time I saw her in that midfield role was at Brighton. Um, and I personally felt she struggled that day. But I tell you what, you have to give credit where credit's due. And against Spurs, she was much better. Um, you know, her energy levels were good. She got herself around the pitch. And, and on Sunday, it seemed like everything just finally clicked for her. And we saw, we saw her energy levels were fantastic. Um, you know, her, her commitment, her drive, uh, you know, she was tenacious. But also that quality on the ball as well. Um, you know, and obviously, really, as Blues fans, you know, we, we know we're not the best side in the world anymore. We know we're not, we're probably not going to be challenging top four anymore. Uh, but as long as the players give us that that intensity and that drive and that that endeavour, then you know that's all we can ask for. But we got a hell of a lot more than that on Sunday, and and especially from Lucy. You know, like I said, that was one of the one of the more pleasing aspects of that game was was the performance of Lucy Whip. You know, she, she got the goal and maybe that gave her the confidence to go on and play the way she did for the rest of the game. But she was so involved. Um, obviously, the second goal, she closed down closed down the Bristol centre-half and, and won the ball back and got us going again. You know, and, and she did that throughout the whole game. And, you know, that, that really was the... The introduction of Lucy Whip into this blue side for me on Sunday. If we see more of that, then then you know I'm really looking forward to seeing more of her this season. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was one of her, if not her best game for the Blues so far. And for a player that certainly maybe came for in, me best. Yeah. yeah, certainly. And and for a player that maybe not maybe came into the club with not as much fanfare as maybe some of the other ones which we've seen highlights of previously, she's done really good in the team, and she's finally, as you say, coming to the front. Uh, Bristol began to get a little frustrated as we started to control the game. Poppy Pattinson with a late challenge that brought out a reaction in Claudia Walker. Both players were given yellow cards following the incident. Do you think, Kaz, this is the kind of reaction Tanya Roxterby wanted from her side after that Arsenal game, which her side was perhaps accused of not being physical enough with the Gunners in that 11-1 defeat? Oh, God, definitely. Um, you could see what Tanya's trying to do at Bristol, like she's trying to get obviously working under Mark. She was trying, she's trying to get that them a player like how we were under Mark, but unfortunately she hasn't got the team to do that, uh, which is quite disappointing in all honesty. But overall, I thought we for were the better people. team. Say that again. For some people, disappointing what? for some people. Yeah, um, but. Overall, we looked the more hungrier. We wanted the points more. Um, yeah. Just for all I can say, if there's any Bristol fans listening, they don't look the worst team in the league. Obviously, Liverpool are the worst team in the league at the minute. And as long as they get more points than them, then you see what next season brings for them. As we've seen in games with the teams, apart from like the top three or four teams, any team below that can beat each other, really. We saw we got smashed by Brighton, but then yeah. Brighton goes to lose against Spurs, and they were comfortably beaten at the weekend. And we beat, and we got a draw against Spurs. So it's, it's one of those where 
it, it's long way long way away from the end of the season and it's going to be interesting to see where it finally shakes up and um, as we go back to this game, Abby Grant then struck the bar with another great effort, once again showing that confidence she got at the moment. Her time would come, come though, and she was set up once again by Lucy Stan as she was on Wednesday, and Grant released what I would describe as a tamed effort from the edge of the box, which found its way past Sophie Bagley. We know how good of a keeper Sophie is, Chris, but do you think this was just a slip in concentration? It's happened in the week where we've seen mistakes from top keepers like Ellie Roebuck too at crucial times. Yeah, I think obviously, you know, you don't expect it from Sophie. You know, the the one aspect of Sophie's game that for the last two or three years has been, you know, very very high level has been a shot stopping, um, and that is, that sort of mistake is 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 so anti Sophie Bagley. Um, but I don't know whether it's you know you, people will blame. I think I, I saw a few people blaming the weather conditions and um, you know one thing or another but ultimately it's it's a mistake that she should not be making um and at that time you know we 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 were looking so good and we were looking you know we really were in control of that game but at one nil you've always got that nagging doubt in the back of your mind and that really killed the game off um at two nil and and you saw it completely i don't i don't think bristol are playing with with any sort of confidence whatsoever at the moment. Um, but you could see that in the players, when, when that goal went in, it, you know, their heads just sank. And it was, you know, like I say, that, that really killed them off at 2-0 and, and, and you know, made, it, made it a lot easier for us to, to control the game and, and, and put our foot on, on the throat, really. Um, but as you say, it was very un-Sophie-like. Um, but it helped us out on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And we said when Rachel was out that we can't rely solely on her for goals this season if we are to survive. And it's nice to see both Abby and Lucy Whip stepping up to the plate. But do you still think we need another striker in January, Kaz? Yeah, definitely. Like, we technically have not got a striker. Claudia's a midfielder. Abby's a midfielder. Obviously, Lucy Whip, midfielder. Rich isn't a striker. Do you know what I mean? So we haven't got an out-and-out goal scorer, like, even on Sunday, like, Charlie's, like Chris has just said about Bristol playing with no confidence, you could tell that by Charlie, because last year she would have buried the chances for us last season, and it was like she got in front of goal, and it was like uh, she didn't know what to do with the ball, do you know what I mean? Uh if I could, I would have Charlie back with within a heartbeat. If if I could buy one player, but it's not going to happen under this this manager, unfortunately. So, yeah, definitely think a, a strike is needed. Yeah, it's a difficult one. There's a lot at this time of the year, especially teams that are fighting for relegation. There's always people want a striker, and they're, they're not easy to come by. And Bristol aren't going to want to let players go in January when they're fighting for their their own survival. And uh, they've got Ebony Salmon as well at Bristol. But both her and Charlie Wellings, they are lacking that confidence to score in front of goal. And you, we saw it in the Liverpool game as well. You had Mel um, Lawley miss a penalty. There's just that confidence when you're not winning every week and you're losing every week. There's a lot to... It's 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 a lot to do with mental stuff. you you got to get up... Just get that first goal and then your confidence goes. We saw that with Abby Grant for the uh, Birmingham this week and... We need that. We need another striker just to solidify things. But as I said, it's it's difficult, Chris, isn't it, to 
at this time of the year to get someone of quality who can make a real difference. It, it is. It, it, you know, if you're buying from from the same division, then obviously you know everybody's in the same boat and everybody's looking at the same sort of players. But um, you know, I think while while obviously you know, listen, if a striker came along that that had the ability to score, you know, ten goal ten goals between now and the end of between January and the end of the season, then obviously you know that would be a a, a massively welcome addition. But you know, realistically, realistically, you look at the squad. Um, and that that centre half has to still be the the main priority. Um, you know, I thought Harriet Scott was was exceptional on on Sunday. I mean, a position that that she's unfamiliar to. Um, you know, and and I think as Kaz mentioned earlier, the the you know, the, the massive surprise of of how well Lily Simpkin has has done when coming in. You know, obviously. We, we trust that she's she's a good player. You know, the academy has produced good players over the years, but I think more more than uh, technical ability, you know, uh, um, you just mentioned it about about players playing with confidence. It's that mental side as well. Um, and Lily's maturity has been second to none. It really has. You know, it's been it's been really refreshing to see. And she's slotted into that right back role. You know, positionally, she's getting better and better every game. She's got pace. She's got strength. She's brave enough to get forward, um, you know. And I think she could, she could definitely make that right back slot her own, um, you know. And obviously, if you get Keris back fit, then that's another centre half. But for me, that that would still be the the area we'd be looking at. Um, if everybody's fit, I'm 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 happy with our midfield. I'm happy that we can create chances that confident players like Abby Grant. Claudia and Rachel can can put away at the other end of the pitch. Um, I'd be looking, but for me, I'd still be looking at that defensive defensive line and and, and seeing if there's any possibility of signings there. Yeah, it's an interesting one, really, because the, the the rise of Lily Simpkin has made more headaches for Marta. Really, once everyone's fit, you've got Harriet Scott and Adrian Jordan both on the wing on as as. Uh, left back and right back and you've also got Sarah Mailing who can also play there and now you've got Lily Simpkin if we if we suddenly get another centre back the <coughs> likes of Harriet Scott's Lily Simpkin and Adrian Jordan will be having to compete for the same places and it's going to be interesting to see who Marta favours if that happens Kaz and it, it it's kind of difficult because they're both they're all playing really well at the moment yeah I definitely agree um we were talking about this Sunday after the game um for me, I think when Kez comes back, I would like to see the partnership of Harriet and Keris in central defence. I'd move um, Bex into midfield because sh- technically she is a midfield player. Mm-hmm. And I'd also drop Sarah into midfield as well on the um, left because when she's been playing like that role at the start of the season, she was fantastic. So I'd like to see the back four stay the same apart from I'd swap Bex with Kez and I'd swap Sarah with Claudia. Mm-hmm. There would be my only changes in the team once a fully fit team. Yeah, I think there's there's a certain Peter who listens to the show who has been crying out for Bex Holloway to be moved into yeah. the field. And like, um, yeah, we saw, we saw with her free kick, she's very good at set pieces as well. So it's interesting to see if she gets more of a chance to be more of an attacking player going forward. 
Um, one that I thought of maybe, I think she, there's rumours that she's been going to go to West Ham after leaving Juventus, but Enia Luko is available. Chris, what did you think if possibly if Blues signed her? She's obviously played for the club and had a good spell at the club in her, earlier on in her career. She's an experienced player and might make the difference uh, towards the end of the season if we got her in. Not a chance. Not a I chance. I can confirm now, Enia Luko is going to London. She is not coming to Blues. I think, you know, obviously, Kaz has obviously heard heard stuff, but I, I, I haven't heard anything. Not a chance in terms of wages. Not a chance in terms of, you know, I, I think before Kaz said that, your initial reaction, your initial thought when you think of any Aluko is is that she'd rather go back to London. And there's plenty of teams in London that would, would that she would she would be interested in signing for and have more money than us. And from a personal perspective, I wouldn't I wouldn't want her at the club anyway. We're trying to we're trying to develop a new, you know, a, a young squad. Um, yes, she's got experience, but uh, I'd be worried about an ego issue. Yeah, with um, with a young squad that that, that are, are good characters, as I mentioned earlier, and I wouldn't want anybody coming in and and upsetting the apple cart. We've had that in the past, and I wouldn't want that again. Fair enough. Next up for the Blues is a home tie against Manchester United at Damson Park on Wednesday in the Conti Cup. A 4-0 win or greater would see both United and Blues through to the next round at the expense of Manchester City. Unlikely, but stranger things have happened. It's a bit of a free hit this week, Chris, with the results against Spurs and Bristol. Do you think we should focus on the league game and maybe use the cup game to test out new players and new formations? Yeah, I think... Honestly, you know, it, it sounds ridiculous, but I just I could not care less about this game on Wednesday. Um, we're not going to with our full full strength side. We're not going to beat them four nil. Um, so realistically, it, the the game is completely irrelevant. Um, I'd rest Rachel. Um, you know, I'd, anybody who we've got a niggling doubt over. Um, I, I would be leaving on the bench. Um, you know, we've got we've we've given you know young academy kids um, an opportunity in bigger games than this this season. So um, yeah, every, everybody everybody available to play from the academy as much as possible, I think, will be involved for me on Wednesday. Um, give them that experience of playing at Damson Park against a side like Man United. Um, as I say, I think you know. It may, it may seem defeatist, but you know, you have to be realistic at times. We're not going to beat them 4-0. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all about Sunday's game for me. Get everybody ready for Sunday's game. Yeah, we're four games in the space of, I think it was like 11 or 12 days. This is sort of yeah. the game where we don't want to risk any injuries going into the final game of the 2019 um, United bounced back from their defi- uh, disappointing uh, result against West Ham United with a 3-1 win over Everton at the weekend. Lauren James with two of their goals and Katie Zellum with the other from the penalty spot. Lauren James has been described as a physical player, but perhaps has more of a strength than a weakness in the women's game. Without the theatrics, she kind of reminds me of Didier Drogba at Chelsea back in the day, a strong player who has the skill to beat players and can find the net too. How much of a threat will James be this week, Kaz? And who else stands out as players to watch out for? Oh, God. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that one. She's like a fantastic prospect. Like, I can't wait for it to pull on an England shirt and and do a business. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, but they've got other players like Jess Sigworth, um, Katie Zellum, who I've watched in the past. She's won the uh, WSL twice with um, Liverpool. Uh, Kirsty Hansen, another great player. Uh, so, yeah, I think Man United are like, they've got the money, haven't they? They're quite blessed, really, with them players. Um, I would say they've got a fantastic goalkeeper, but I think there's better English keepers out there. Uh, so, yeah, I think if we can get a few on target with them, um, Mary Earps being in goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she made that error against so, Everton you know this I mean? weekend. So, yeah. She's not the greatest keeper in the world, and I think if the players can get on top of her, I think we might beat them, but I don't think I'd rather beat them Sunday. Yeah, I think I think I think that's the consensus yeah. consensus about everyone at the moment. We need uh, the weekend game is the most important one. Uh, Leah Galton is also on the verge of an England call-up if the papers are to be to believe. Chris, she's certainly a handful down the wing. Is she that left-sided player that England are looking out for? I, th- I think that's the main reason that she's being talked up is that obviously Uber Gagu got her chance as that left-sided, left-footed player. Um, that uh, Phil Neville seems to be screaming out for. Um, look, Kaz is right. Whether whether people like it or not, Man United were set up last season with a mid-table WSL side. Um, they've they've improved that this season with the likes of you know you that the, you've mentioned players there, Jackie Gronin and Hayley Ladd not on that list. Who, who completely make Man United tick. Um, you know, and, and the best Man United side definitely has those two in it. We, we know what Hayley Ladd's capable of. So, um, yeah, ultimately, they're, they're, they're a good side. They're, they're, a, you know, they're a, as I say, a, a fourth to sixth, if you like, WSL side. I think that is their level. Um, you know, and they Ultimately, that's what they had last season, and they've been, they've improved on it. So, um, yeah, Goldson has, you know, she's added goals to her game this season. Um, you know, a regular run of fixtures after, you know, I think she had she was at Bayern, was she? Um, where she had a, I think she had an injury, but you know, was in and out of that side. But now she's got a, a regular running, um, yeah, and she she's. She's making it count this season, adding adding goals to her game, which she's getting a notice. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, Man United, they beat a good number of WSL clubs last year when they were in the championship in cup competitions. And mm. they've, they're strengthened. And, and and I think where you say is where they are at the moment. They're a team where which is not quite in the top three, but they're capable of competing against them they, I think they lost 1-0 against Chelsea Arsenal and maybe Man City they're very yeah. close to that level but they're not quite there and yeah it's, little, it's gonna be they're a little bit worse than we were when when Mark was was you know in in full swing when we were in full swing under Mark you know, we, we didn't look like we were ever going to lose against teams like West Ham and and we were challenging the top three we you know we were beating Man City at home and stuff like that I know Man United beat Man City at home in the Continental Cup, but you know in league games where where those you know the big three take it so seriously because the Champions League on offer, um, you know. So I think I think United at the moment are, are a little bit worse than what we were at our best under Mark, but they you know 
they're Man United and, and we know full well that given a couple more years then then they'll be spending big to get better players and, and making a push on that top three. Yeah, absolutely. I think the ceiling was we were hitting the ceiling where we could go as a club at yes. the time. And Man United ceiling is much higher and they cut it's probably in the clouds at the moment. Yeah. Um you're talking about Champions League, Chris. Well, we'll, we'll end on that. Cha- uh, the recently announced that the Champions League, there's going to be three places for English teams. It comes a bit too late for us to actually be competing for these places as it stands at the moment, maybe one day again. But um, it's, it's interesting, Chris, the Champions League getting bigger, going to be a group stage. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think, there's, um, I think obviously the, the, way I, the way I read it, you know, I'll happily be corrected, but I think they were looking at it that, you know, obviously the... The winners of each league will get straight into the the newly formatted group stage, and then there'll be a, a you know a sort of knockout round before that group stage as well. So um, yeah, and obviously the the televised nature of it, if they get sponsors and they televise it, obviously that's going to make a big impact as well. And um, you know anything that anything that increases the interest and and the revenue for for the big clubs will be will be very welcome, you know, not not just in this country but in Spain and Germany and, and Italy as well, then it'll be it'll be much welcomed. Um and and obviously that's the that's the way that's the way we've seen women's football go in the last five years. So um yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. it'll it'll, in, it'll increase the interest in the tournament certainly. And with the uh, more exposure, Kaz, do you think um, they're finally going to get a TV deal for this? It's obviously been the, the, the coverage for Champions League in, in England for women's games is terrible, really. You, you have to find ridiculous. like a really dodgy stream just to watch like Arsenal play in like a quarterfinal. It's mad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like even when the old format of the when it was the UEFA Cup and Arsenal were in the final, I think it was hard to find a channel that even street uh, put that on i don't know if it was like bbc2 in the end put it on because people were complaining uh so i think it's something needs to be done because obviously some fans can't afford to go out to like russia and that do you know what i mean for a women's game uh something needs to be done about it because it's letting the fans they're letting the fans down because even if they put it on like Man, like Man City TV, or well, Chelsea did it. Chelsea put it on their their TV. And yeah. um, was it a couple of year back when they had Wolfsburg at Stamford Bridge? Um, so yeah, I think I think there needs to be a bit more exposure because it's where all the great players play, isn't it? In the uh, Champions League, do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, so like it's normally counts for like yeah, Leon players and such. Yeah, like no, no kids gonna like. Obviously, they'll hear of these players like the likes of Ada Hegerberg, but they're not gonna get the chance because obviously she doesn't play for a country, <coughs> and there's not very many times you're gonna get to see Ada Hegerberg on TV. So mm-hmm. I think it'd be a great exposure to put all this on TV. Do you know what I mean? If in America you can watch their leagues now by an app, can't you? streaming app yeah 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 so why not do something like that watch them all on uefa's website or something yeah it all it all goes down to money at the end of the day isn't it that's probably the reason they don't do it 
and I don't think they're going to get enough return if they don't get enough viewers. But hopefully it changes in, in years to come. Well, I um, have a question. Oh, go on, go on, Kaz. What do you think of the format of the um, the County Cup, right? Because me and Stacey were looking at it earlier, right? So, technically, we're out, yeah? Mm-hmm. Everton are out. Liverpool mm. are out. Bristol potentially out. Tottenham and West Ham out, right? Mm-hmm. Where do they think they're making the money for keeping the big team, like the WSL teams? Well, to be fair to Liverpool, they had the easiest group out of the lot. Mm. They had no WSL teams in it. I, that, that's what baffles me. Mm. You had us. There's four WSL teams in ours. I think you, Liverpool is none. Yeah. Um, Arsenal, there's three. Mm. And then I think the other one, there's four. So... I think it should, like we run about with earlier, I think seeded, you know, like four, four groups. And wherever you finish in the league, like one, two, three or four, that's what pot you'll go in. And then vice versa. So, so five to like eight will go in, pot one, two, three, four. Do you know what I mean? To make it a bit fairer. But yeah. I just think, what do the FA, what are they getting out of this? To be fair, I had a good idea to make it, you know, to in a way to make it fairer for all the teams, uh, and that's to bin it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, because yes, I would, I would have preferred like a knockout. I think, I think knockout works better, but than, than to actually just scrap it completely. The, o- the only, the only productive reason anybody has ever given me for the Conti Cup being around is uh, is is the amount of games that people can play. So, so um, you know, so it's so the league is worthwhile if you like, um, and and that's really the only the only the only people I'm hearing that from is from uh, WSL champion, uh, sorry FA Championship sides. Um, I'm not hearing anybody, any WSL side complaining about a lack of fixtures, um, and apart from Manchester City. Who seem to only use the Conti Cup as a reason to keep Nick Cushion in a job? There's no, there's no other reason why the Conti Cup even needs to exist. It is, it is a defunct tournament um, that only, that only the big three teams will ever take seriously. As I said, because it gives their manager, whoever finishes, it, you know, you can finish outside the top three. Obviously, that doesn't matter anymore with the new Champions League format. But in previous years, it's been, you know, Man City have done it. They've finished outside the top three, but they've won the Conti Cup. So it's a successful season because they've got their hands on on a pointless bit of silverware that only three teams could ever win. And, you know, so I think I think if you scrapped it, if the championship sides are worried about a lack of fixtures, then why don't you have, um, have, a, have a League Cup you know, almost like the Johnston, um, the Football League trophy in the men's game, whereby you have the Championship sides and pre- Premier League sides, so the Northern and Southern, so you know, your Sunderlands and Middlesbroughs and and teams like that. Like they can come in and play alongside the Championship sides if the Championship sides are worried about the fixture load. But there's there is zero reason for the Conti Cup to exist. Zero. 
It was interesting, and I found out in the FA Cup. I think it's up until the second the second round. It's still done by geography, so you can't yeah. possibly face that. That's mad. Yeah. Second round of an FA Cup, and you can't play any team. Any team. It's mad. But that, but that's but that's the problem, isn't it? Because you know you you look at the teams who are in that second round of the FA Cup. That it's really difficult to get fifteen players or sixteen players in a squad available to travel up and down the country on a Sunday because mm-hmm. the level that they're playing at, it's not financially viable. It's not. But it's not financially viable. I mean, Leicester went to you know I'll, I'll use that example. Leicester went to Man United and lost. What did they lose? Twelve one. Was it 12 they lost in the last County Cup round? Something like that. But it was on a Wednesday or... I think it was on a Thursday night. Those Leicester players have got jobs. They have to leave their job at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, travel to Manchester, get battered 12-1, and then go to work the next morning. that's That's not viable to anybody. That is doing nobody any good. It's not doing Man United any good. It's not doing Leicester any good. And it's not doing the Continental Cup any good. It's not doing women's football any good. It's a defunct tournament. Get rid of it. I didn't realise the podcast has turned into 606. But we'll, we'll, end, we'll, end, we'll end there. Sorry. That's all for this week's show. Get in touch. Anyway, anyway good luck, Blues, in the Continental Cup on Wednesday. Are we not to... score predictions? We can we can do if you want, Kaz. What do you want to go for? Do you want to do the Wednesday one, or do you want to just do the uh, the weekend? Do both. You both, okay, Kaz. You go first. It's points, isn't it, for, for our leaderboard? Um, so if, if, you've, go... if, you've, if you've got a leaderboard, Kaz, I I haven't been keeping track. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> I'm correct with two goal scorers though. Yes, that's true. That is true. So anyway, I'm going to go tomorrow night, right, which will be Wednesday. Um, I think we'll get battered five one. Abby Grant will score on her birthday. And uh Happy birthday, Abby. And then Sunday we'll win three two. Oh what a game. And scenes in scenes behind the goal when that third goes in. Yes, I agree. Uh oh, who scored the winning goal? Hannah Hampton, penalty. Awkward. Do you know what, right? Here's the thing, right? So, the Spurs game. Um, oh, what you call her with warming up? Brooks. Yes, thank you. Uh, do you know, my mind just went blank. I've just been watching the football on the TV. Uh. So, she was warming up against um, Spurs and Bristol, right? During the game. And we were all like, oh, have they got? are they going to let Hannah come out a goal? No, so disappointing. That's Wednesday for you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, one, five, and three, two. Yeah. Okay. okay, you go on to go next, Chris. Go on, I, I will go, I will go three nil Man United on Wednesday. Um, and I will go a more reserved two one, uh, two one Blues on Sunday. With a Hayley Ladder and goal as the winner. <laughs> That's evil. I will go for 3 1 Man United on Wednesday and 2 2 Birmingham on Sunday with a. Who is playing? Uh, Bex Holloway goal. We'll go with that. 
Sure. Get in touch with us at Greatson68 on Twitter to share your score predictions with us. And if you've enjoyed this week's show, which I hope you have, uh, then please share it with your friends. That's all for this week. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on. <laughs>